Hey guys, we're back for another episode of Build Your Own Fairy Tale, the podcast for women who aren't willing to settle and they want more out of life, more of the magic that life has to offer to build that ultimate fairy tale, or you know what, something even better than you could have dreamed of. This is your weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to get out there and make your own magic. So consider yourself sprinkled with fairy dust and let's go. Hey guys, welcome back. Hope you're ready to be inspired today. And if not, I can almost guarantee you will be after listening. I first met today's guest while sitting on my couch, chilling, watching TV. I don't have DVR, lame, I know, so I actually sit through commercials, even if I'm watching something on demand. Crazy, right? Anyway, the point of my story is I saw today's guest in a commercial and immediately picked up my phone to see if I could find her online. I know that sounds kind of stalkerish, but hear me out. I was so inspired after seeing her in a 30 or 60 second spot because as you'll hear her share, I saw a woman who had a problem in her life and literally ran at it to try to find a solution. She realized this wasn't the fairy tale she was hoping for and was going to do something about it. Pretty good fit, right? Charlotte Oxnam is a 20-year-old engineering student and the founder and CEO of Cue the Curves, an app that helps plus-size women find clothing that suits their size and style. I'm so excited for you to meet her. Please welcome Charlotte Oxnam. Charlotte, welcome. Thanks for being here at Build Your Own Fairy Tale. Thank you for having me. Very excited. I know we have a lot to talk about today, but first, starting with the juicy stuff, we need to know if you could be any fairy tale character, who would you be and why? Have to go with Belle, was sort of my childhood princess icon. The library is something out of my dreams. Um, and I just always really loved her spirit. She sort of knew who she was from the get-go, and I always loved that. Nice. I love Belle too. I once dressed as her for Halloween. So she was, yeah, she was my princess that I laid claim on, on the preschool, you know, playground. I was like, no, I'm Belle. Um, (laughs) So I'm stuck with her through all these years. Awesome. Great. Well, now, now let's get into, into some real today stuff. So tell us about, give us a little background on your current situation and how it wasn't feeling so fairy tale like and now you've been on this incredible journey and you're like nope I'm gonna I'm gonna make it more fairy tale like yeah so I have been plus size my whole life I hit puberty really young I was sort of you know the girl wearing adult clothes before anyone else and as a plus size girl I could never find clothing I loved I felt like I was thrust in fourth grade into the clothing of workwear of 30 year olds. And I never really felt like I was expressing myself through my clothes. I didn't feel connected at all. And it was really frustrating and really isolating. I spent many years really upset about it, did just about everything you can think of in the book to try to change my size. I really just thought I wasn't sort of worthy enough. And if I tried harder and worked harder, I would lose the weight and then I could wear the pretty clothes. And After a lot of self-reflection and a lot of growing up, I realized that that wasn't actually sort of the reality of it. That wasn't the case. And that actually, you know, the fashion industry was letting me down and social media was letting me down. And it wasn't a me problem. It was a them problem. And so I started hunting for better options. I started looking for better clothing, clothing that I felt like really resonated with me as a plus size girl who really wanted to express myself. And while options were out there, I didn't know what I could trust. I didn't know who to ask about it. All of my friends weren't going through the same problems. And I said, you know, there's got to be a more fun way to shop as a plus size girl. And there wasn't. And so I said, screw it. I'll make it myself. And that's really 
how we got here. I've spent the past three years in college building Cue the Curves. So we're an online platform for plus size women, specifically an app that's coming out soon um, to connect with one another, to discover brands that really resonate with them and their style and their vibe um, to feel more confident in their clothing and to have a more positive clothing experience than I had growing up. Wow. I knew like 1% of that story. So hearing that just made it that much more impressive. And I mean, I, I feel like my heart was, was hurting for you when you were talking through that, how it was so awful, like an awful experience. And then just how you decided to turn that into like, I'm going to make my own magic. I'm going to figure it out. And you're still in college. You're doing this while you're in college. I am. And I'm doing it while I'm getting an engineering degree. So <laughs> the busy college experience I got going on. Wow. That is truly inspiring. So, wow. I don't even know which way to dive in first. So Okay, having the experience you had growing up and then not being able to find clothing that you felt like fit you, was it just the, I want more, so I'm going to figure out the fashion piece? Or was it you had this love of technology piece? Like, how did you say, this is what I'm going to put together? Because there's a whole lot of variables there. There's a lot of ways we could take it. Um, (laughs) I think it started out as I got to college and... I was doing my engineering curriculum. I was spending all of my time in math classrooms doing coding. And I was honestly super burnt out from it. And I wanted a creative outlet. And so I started writing a blog. I said, I'll just start talking about plus size fashion. It's this thing I really love. Like, I think I've kind of figured it out, but it's been a mess. Like, let me just put some stories out there. And it started to resonate with some people. And I had people reach out to me and say, you know, this is my story too. I've gone through the same struggles. What do we do about it? And I kept getting asked, what do we do about it? And I kept being like, I don't know where to send you. I researched, I tried to find platforms. I made a whole website that was just like links after links, but no one knew which links to click and who to trust. And so I went, well, you know, I'm studying engineering. I have this technical background. I think there's something here I think with so much shopping being online, the pandemic had just started at this point. And so no one was going in person to go shop anywhere. And I said, okay, like, how do we, how do we do it? And I just kept talking to people and kept asking women, well, what do you wish was there? What would this platform look like? What would be helpful to you? And slowly but surely, Cue the Curves in its current form really came out of that. And we created, I like to think of it as a crowdsourced sort of concept where it wasn't just, oh, I think I know the solution to this, but it was, let me really listen to this community that has been wronged and has been talked over and has not been listened to. And let me build what they're telling me they want and what I want as part of the community. Because I think for so long, plus size women have been told what to wear and how they should feel and sort of dictated to instead of listened to, that I realized that there were a lot of thoughts and feelings out there already, that it would be foolish of me and a missed opportunity to not listen to and to sort of steamroll along on my own. Wow. 
you're kind of like the fairy godmother then in that sense, but also Cinderella because then you get to enjoy it too. But you're like, tell me what you want and I'll it's help. It's definitely I'll help so self-serving. <laughs> I have fully accepted that if this does nothing beyond help me shop, then it's a win in my book and I've done what I need to do. Yeah. But I mean, because you, you are the customer. So if it helps you, it helps others. Right. So self-serving, but well beyond. Yes. I think, and I think every good entrepreneur should do that. You should be dying to solve your own problem absolutely it's the only way you make it through the rough days and the rough patches and the missteps so I would definitely say my own passion is what's saved cue the curves from sort of crumbling in moments when we took the wrong step and the wrong decision was made yeah well so tell talk a little bit about that entrepreneurial journey and if that was always something you had your heart set on and uh yeah, how that came to be, because I don't know that any of us or most of us grew up being like, I'm going to do my own thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I I wish I could say there was some like big revolution later in life. I think I've always been this way. Um, I credit my parents a lot for being the type of parents that I think I made up some lip gloss company idea in second grade. And my parents were the parents to be like, okay, so here's a URL, like, designed me a pitch deck. I was like 10, maybe younger. <laughs> um, they were like, pitch it to us. Like, what's the company? What do you need? And so from the get-go, I have always had the personality of see a problem, create a solution. Um, that's just really been in my DNA and my mindset with it all. And it took a few tries, made a startup in high school that didn't get too far. Uh, you start to realize that a startup is only as good as your skills. And I tried to create a startup with skills I did not have <laughs> being required, um, but learned a ton from the experience. And then when I sort of started dealing with the ideas around cue the curves, it was just, it was too perfect not to do. And I loved entrepreneurship. I surrounded myself from it. I chose my college because of it and its program. So I knew I was going to find my way to something somehow. Um, I'm just really lucky and grateful that Cue the Curves is what I came up with. Yeah, and it seems to be off to a great start. So tell us a little bit more about how that's coming to be. And you have this awesome partnership, which is how I found you. I found you on TV. I saw your commercial. I was like, oh my gosh, this company's so cool. I need to learn more. It has been an absolute whirlwind of the past six months. Um, people are so... Uh, honest and it is actually real life when they say just like one day something happens and it all changes. Um, I had been working on it for two years, just sort of grinding away, getting stuff done. I got a few really cool awards in Chicago um, where I'm based and I had Microsoft reach out to me and just say, hey, we've seen what you're doing. It's super cool do you use Microsoft like to do any of it? And I was like, actually, yeah, I use Microsoft products all the time. Um, and specifically Windows is who I ended up working with. And I spent some time out in LA in the beginning of 2022 with their team who are an absolutely amazing group of people. And they were so excited about what we were working on and created this really cool ad campaign that is just now sort of hitting TVs the first time I saw it, I cried. Um, 
was a very surreal experience. I think not only because I couldn't believe that it was my face on the screen, but seeing someone that looked like me on a screen um, and seeing somebody that looked like me in a positive light and it wasn't sort of talking down or as the butt of a joke uh, was a very liberating feeling. And it has been, I mean, it has done so much for us already. And I'm so grateful for Windows and the entire team for how much they've supported us. I'm so excited to keep working with them. But yeah, it's the, the rule is you answer the cold email. Even if you think <laughs> it's a long shot, you email them back because then you end up in LA filming an international commercial. Amazing. So cool. I, got, I want to say it was like a Cinderella moment, but it was a bell moment where she walked into the ballroom in her yellow gown. Okay. <laughs> it is completely. That's how I felt walking into the wardrobe set. I was like, look at all of this clothing. All for oh. me. I, felt, I truly did feel like a princess. Everyone was focused on me for an entire day on set, which was a very weird feeling. It is not, not sort of where I'm normally comfortable, but just really changed my perspective on things. And I think as a founder, it's really easy to minimize all the work you're doing and to think it's not enough and to just constantly focus on the next step and keep growing. I've definitely fallen victim to that where I'm like, well, it's not enough followers. It's not enough people on the wait list. We haven't done enough. We haven't worked with enough people yet. So it's one of those big moments for me that I can actually pull back and sit down and be like, wow, like, I've gotten this far. I've, I pulled this all off and I'm 20 years old and I'm going to keep doing this stuff, which feels crazy to say, especially because I am in a bit of an entrepreneurship bubble 24-7. All of my best friends are also student founders. I'm part of a really amazing program at my school around student entrepreneurship. Um, so for us, it's a normal day in the park. I had, you know, a friend walk in a week ago to our workspace and be like, I just won $100,000. I have another friend who just got their company acquired and is 22. So to me, it's like a regular day in the park. So it takes every once in a while, you have to sort of remember, look at the big picture and be grateful for, for all the work. Yeah. And oh my gosh, the more you speak, the more I'm in awe. I'm amazed. Um, you're 20. I am almost 39, so almost double, <laughs> twice your age, right? And I'm like, haven't done any of that. Okay. Sounds just, oh, I'm just so in awe. And speaking of what you were talking about, like, you know, feeling like that princess in the moment, I think something we can all relate to is that confidence you feel when you do feel like you look good, right? You dress well, you look good, regardless of what size, big, small, average, whatever, you, when you dress well, when you have that, you know, this is my favorite outfit, you feel good. You have that confidence. So can you speak to that and how important that is for, for all of us at any size, what that does for someone? We don't actively realize it, but, and there's been scientific studies to back this up, actually some coming out of my own school, Northwestern, um, around the fact that our clothing is sort of our immediate daily way we present ourselves to the world it's you know you don't realize it for yourself but you definitely make assumptions about people walking down the street based off of how they're dressed it's the first impression you have and when you wear clothes that you feel good in like you do better you do better on tests you perform better at work um that's like a truly correlated fact 
So this confidence in what we wear and sort of how we're presenting ourselves, I think is really key to every person at any size and can be the difference between a bad day and a good day. And it really comes down to not only your clothes fitting well or you liking your clothes, but also the person you want to be. Do you want to portray your creative self? Do you want to be taken more seriously in business? Are you in a suit? Are you in a super colorful dress? Are you in crazy heels? Are you wearing awesome jewelry? Did you dye your hair cool colors? Like all of that is such a big part of our identity and how we show ourselves. And the more control we can give people over that and the more confidence we can give them in sort of wearing the clothes that feel authentically themselves, the more people are going to show up and feel good in what they're doing and contribute more. And I would argue it's going to make us a better world overall. Yeah. The power of a super cute outfit. (laughs) It is next level. And we all have it. Like, I don't think any, any person can deny that there's that one outfit that you always go to when you know you need that extra confidence boost. Yeah. And it just makes you feel like a million bucks. It makes you feel like you can take on the world and achieve anything. And I think everyone should have a closet full of those outfits and we should help people sort of reach and build that closet um, in whatever unique way they want to. And that's really the core of what we're doing at Keep the Curves. We're not trying to tell you you should dress one way or another. We're not trying to tell you this is trendy or this isn't trendy. We're trying to tell you, you personally, what clothing speaks to you and what clothing makes you feel good when you wear it and where can you find it? Where can you go buy it so that you can wear it more often? Do you have an action tip on how to find that for yourself? Because I've never been considered a fashionista of any sorts. So um, what's like a place you could start with that to find out like what your dial or what's that thing for you? I always recommend that people start by finding, you know, people online, celebrities, creators, even if they don't look exactly like them, who they just really, every time they see, like love their look. Like who is that? And start to pull those people together and you'll start to find trends. You'll start to see, wow, every celebrity that I love is rocking, you know, neon colors or every celebrity outfit or influencer that I love is really into this more bohemian look. Um, And I think that's always a good jumping off place. And then I also think being really honest with yourself about what's in your closet right now and what you wear. Um, I'd say I probably wear a fourth of my closet in reality on most day to day. And when when you're honest and you don't don't take it from the approach of, I have to get rid of everything else because then you start keeping everything because you freak out. But just what are those top 25% of clothes that I constantly am wearing and see what the common themes are? I think it starts to jump out at you pretty quickly. Okay. It's kind of like a mood board with when you're collecting these celebrities or influencers. Okay. I think that's, that's exactly what you do. You find what makes you happy and sort of like what color palettes are you naturally using in the rest of your life? What you gravitate towards in the store but maybe talk yourself out of buying just these little moments of what feels good to you I mean people will tell you that you should do like figure out if you're a summer or an autumn color palette or whatever um if those help you those help you cool I personally don't ascribe to that I think you know even if it doesn't quote unquote complement your skin tone if you am, are happy when you wear the color yellow 
wear the color yellow, like buy all yellow, go for it. So that's really my personal take on it. And I think I've started to do it in my own life and have realized a lot from it. I think I'm still have a long ways to go. And part of that is because as a plus size woman, my options are so much more limited. And even as more brands expand their size range, they're doing the same looks over and over again for plus sizes. And so I can find clothes that I absolutely adore, but no one will offer to me in my size, which is frustrating. And we're trying to change that. But that that should be the goal. Wow. Thank you. I feel like that's some good stuff right there. <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's easy to get lost in it all. And it's very easy when you're someone who has maybe had you've been the same size for a while and you've just sort of curated pieces over years and years that it starts to feel like, oh, well, my closet's full. I shouldn't go shopping. I have a ton of clothes. But what we don't realize is we change as people and we grow and our styles change and we should let our clothes change and reflect that. I think there's so many options now from consignment stores to online thrift stores to donations to just sort of let go of those pieces that were holding on for no other reason besides, oh, well, they still fit my body. I think clothes should do more than just fit your body. I think they should express you. Yeah. Well, we could go Marie Kondo with, does it bring you joy? Or we could just go the straight up declutter. I can go all those places with that. <laughs> yeah, I think, and that's really whatever, whatever floats your boat, whatever is easiest and most comfortable. That, I think that's up to every individual, what works for them. But I think it's, especially as we come out of the pandemic and we're not in sweats and a random old t-shirt every day. I know I was part of that crew. Um, Now's the time to really be purposeful about our clothing. And I think more people are doing it. So it's more fun. Um, I've loved seeing the trend of people being like, I'm going to wear this pool top that always felt a little too crazy, but I didn't get to wear fun clothes for two years. So I'm going to wear all my fun clothes now. I love that. And I want people to keep that energy in everything they do. Uh, and the, I mean, spring is like a perfect time, right? The weather's changing, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, getting nicer. You can get a little, have a little more fun with it. So obviously style, we can all relate to regardless of size. But I'm thinking too of, of our Build Your Own Fairy Tale listeners and mostly uh, women who, who've done a lot of things in life that they thought were the right things and going to bring them happiness, but maybe didn't, right? They kind of got there and were like, oh, wait, maybe this isn't the fairy tale. Like, what did I, what should I do instead? But sometimes we can get stuck in this, like, oh, it's not great, but I guess this is it. This is what motherhood is. This is what, you know, adulting is. Yeah. So just curious, your fresh take on it from your 20-year-old lens of like, because you run at the problem, right? You didn't run away from the problem. You were like, nope, mm. okay, give it to me. Let me see what I can do. So yeah. any advice you have there? I think it's easier to make small changes than we think. I know I definitely fall into this pattern of, well, there's so many things I would have to do to sort of change the trajectory. So I'm just going to accept it how it is. But sometimes it's not a full 180 that's necessary. Sometimes even if this situation is good enough, There's maybe something you could do with a little bit of effort that can make it just a little bit better and you can keep doing those pushes. 
And I always remind myself of that. I had a professor who said, all it takes is seven seconds of pure courage to change your situation, which has been such a good piece of life advice, whether it's, you know, pressing call someone that I was afraid to talk to because I thought they were too important or too impressive to sort of want to hear from me or sending the email that I was nervous to send or, you know, creating the cue the curves website, like everything at some point, you just got to sort of have this immense moment of courage and then see where the chips fall. And I think if I have learned anything as a 20 year old going through the past, frankly, the past eight years have been just kind of insane thing after thing after thing. I've learned that if you don't do it now, you will regret it. There are things that I wish I had done earlier, places where I wish I had spoken up, decisions I wish I had made that I told myself, oh, well, like I can fix it in six months. Like I can deal with this for now. Um, And then life changed so rapidly that I could not change then. And things did not have that opportunity. So jumping on it when you have it and just sort of dealing with what may happen, you know, nothing is going, I think, to create the perfect fairy tale. So you sort of have to accept that no situation is going to be the ideal one. So you might as well try to make it a little better and then deal with whatever parts stink of the next version and just keep iterating until you get to the one you like. Yeah. Oh, you're like speaking to my soul because I'm like, sometimes you have those whispers. You're like, stop, stop, ignore it. That's not what I need. I don't, you know, whatever that idea is, it's popping in your head, but you're like, I can't do it now. Now it's not the right time. I don't have enough money. I don't have this. I don't have that. But those whispers, those little inklings are, are very important. And I think entrepreneurship is such a good sort of metaphor for the bigger picture of life on this one in that Sometimes you just got to make the pivot. You just got to iterate. And no startup is the same when it's a massive, successful company as it was when it was its first idea. Facebook's first idea is not Facebook today. Uh, Snapchat's first idea is not Snapchat when it began. None of the big ones are because, you know, they made a first move. They realized they could do it better. And their willingness to pivot and to change into what was better is what makes them billion-dollar companies. If they had sort of ground their heels in and said, no, this is the idea we came up with. We're going to keep working on it. They would have failed like, you know, 90% of startups do. So if you take anything away from that, it's, you know, be willing when you see the pivot to make the pivot. Um, And I think that super applies to life as well. I love it. Oh, I'm jazzed up now. I'm ready to go. Um, what's the- I know, everyone, <laughs> I recently have been talking. I mentor on younger, um, early stage founders, female founders, um, through a really cool program here at the garage at Northwestern. And I, every time I talk to them, I'm like, and now I have six more ideas for things I'm going to do with Q the Curves. And also like everyone needs to go start a company because everyone's got ideas and we all got to do them, Um, which is not always the best decision to go start a random company. I will say there are downsides as much as there are upsides, but it's always fun when you get that energy going and you're like, I'm revved up. I'm going to go do 17 new things today. Yeah. Well, two questions out of that. So what's the garage? Are you guys literally sitting in a garage or is this like a cool tech club? What is the garage? So the garage is Northwestern's startup hub. It is actually a renovated parking garage into a very cool tech 
based workspace um, where Northwestern students get access to really amazing advisors, mentors, programming. We have a full makerspace where you can do entire prototyping. Um, And it is the home of all of our student startups. So it is sort of my bread and butter. It is the place I live outside of my own bedroom. And it is it is where some really cool companies have begun and you know everyone in it is just really passionate about solving cool problems and getting involved with entrepreneurship as a whole um and it's honestly the reason i chose northwestern for my college um experience because i knew how strong of a program it was and how it was going to really sort of help me get to the next level Wow. Very cool. Much cooler than the garage that I was envisioning. Um. (laughs) Not quite the like, let me build a company out of my parents' garage energy, but in some ways it feels like that because we're all those sort of early stage, still, you know, gritty, putting up flyers, working out of a co-working space desk. Um, But we have a lot of cool resources that have been the difference between Cue the curse sort of shutting down and becoming the amazing thing it is today. Sounds so cool. Tell us what is the fairy tale vision for Cue the Curves next? I know it's likely to change, but what is it at the moment? Yeah. So right now, my really big focus is just building the community and helping as many plus size women as I can find clothing that they love. So that's really my central focus for the next while is sort of executing on the mission we've had for this long and then I think sort of the big fairy tale ending of it all is we really want to start helping brands who haven't become size inclusive do so so based off of our industry knowledge and our experience and you know seeing the trends in plus size shopping we want to go out and you know reach out to brands and say look this is a lucrative important market And it's one you need to pay attention to and we'll help you do it. But it's time. It's time to become size inclusive. It's time to expand your size ranges. Right now, only 8% of major retailers offer plus size clothing. Meanwhile, 67% of women in the U.S. are plus size. Wait, can you say that again? 8% offer it? Only 8% of major clothing retailers in the U.S. offer plus sizes and 67% of plus size women of women in the US are plus size. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't match up. It's this crazy mismatch. You're like, look, I know I'm an engineer. I know I do some complicated math sometimes, but this one's not that hard. (laughs) Something's not equaling each other. And so we are really passionate about the fact that that needs to change. And I think it's been amazing to see the body positivity and size inclusivity movements over the past few years start to bring that issue to light in a much more mainstream way and get the attention of not just plus size people who know this is a problem and have been complaining about the problem for years, but people in the fashion industry, straight size people, everyone to realize that this is an overarching issue that we all need to stand up for and we all need to fight for. And Now we're hopefully positioned as a company to be able to share our expertise and share our insight, especially as an all-female Gen Z company, to say, look, we're young. We know what people want. We get it. Let us help you so that you don't become like an ancient relic of a company and you can keep up with the times. 
um, and we can start to close that gap. Wow. Well, so what's one action tip that our listeners can take to help support that vision? What can we do? I would say as anyone um, should really try to support size inclusive brands when you can. Um, There are so many great ones out there and they are starting to become a lot more accessible than they once were. And so, you know, when you have the choice, shop a brand that is size inclusive, support your friends and your family and people you care about who are plus size and showing that, you know, these brands that are doing the work get the dollars. And I think money speaks louder than words when it comes to big corporations. And if we continue to allow companies that stop at a size large, or frankly, companies that God forbid only offer one size, if we keep allowing them to make millions of dollars each year, they're not going to be motivated to change. And so we can help encourage that change by being really purposeful about where we're spending our money. I love it. It's kind of like shop with a sustainable company or shop with the woman owns company. So this is the next shop with a size inclusive company. Exactly. And you will be amazed that when you find this is the size inclusive companies, they're also typically small businesses. They're typically woman run, run. They're typically sustainable. They're doing that work because they care. And so you're sort of, you know, killing lots of birds with one stone because you're supporting companies that really are trying to make impactful change and aren't just here to make the fastest buck for and the biggest profit. And in the end, those will be the companies that we want to see survive. Wow. It's a win all the way around. I love it. 100%. (laughs) Tell us, Charlotte, where can we find you and Cue the Curves? Uh, How can we get more? Yeah, you can find us on pretty much every social media channel at Cue the Curves, C-U-E, the curves, um, or at cuethecurves.com, where you can sign up for the waitlist for our app. And if you are listening to this anytime after May 1st, you can find us in both the Android app store and iOS app store. Awesome. I can't wait to see the app come to life. I can't wait to see what's next in your fairy tale, Charlotte. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So the theme of intention keeps coming up for me. We heard about it with intentional spend with Liz Sowers in our money episode. We just spoke about it with Lauren Nasto in our going green episode. And now we're hearing about it again in our intentional spending within fashion. I feel like it's just everywhere. And yeah, it's a strong theme coming up for me. So I'm just really trying to be aware of that now. And I know entrepreneurship is not for everyone, but I loved how Charlotte was able to extend and share that metaphor about her journey and how that sort of mimics the bigger picture in life. And man, for me, there's nothing more motivating than knowing someone half my age has been able to do it and do it pretty darn well while I'm over here watching Netflix. True talk. So here's hoping we can all build closets full of power suits, support size-inclusive brands, and continue to help women step into their power, and as Beyonce says, run the world. If you know someone who might benefit from this episode, share it with a friend. You can also take a screenshot wherever you're listening and post it and tag me. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at kristen.latini. I'd love to hear from you. Last but not least, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe or leave a review. These are all free and easy ways you can support me and this podcast. Thanks again for being here. I'm not giving up on my dreams, and I hope you won't either. I'm Kristen Latini, and this is Build Your Own Fairy Tale.
When I set out on my solopreneur journey, I wanted to be the most organized and professional without spending a lot of money. Sound familiar? That's when I discovered a customer relationship management platform called 17 Hats, a game changer even if you're a newbie without tons of clients. Here are three quick reasons why I love 17 Hats. Number one, it allowed me to replace my scheduling tool. Hello, one less subscription to pay for. Number two, I can effortlessly send quotes, contracts, and invoices, helping me look super professional. And number three, magical workflows that allow me to automatically send emails and reminders without being tied to my inbox 24-7. The best part is they've got a free seven-day trial so you can check it out firsthand. And if you decide to purchase, here's the best part, use code FAIRYTALE for a 50% discount off your first year subscription. So head on over to 17hats.com and check it out. Here's to simplifying and making things more magical.